Hello, 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 hello. How's everyone doing out there on Twitter land? Welcome to another KG, Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc podcast. It's been a while. It's been so long that we had someone ask us on our Facebook page, Are we when still is the together? next podcast? You know? Are we still together? Are y'all hanging out? What's going on? So uh, I'm just totally flat out. We all on the road, getting out, taking care of our business before it starts to get crazy with these college conference tournaments and stuff and final four information. You've been at the mock. Doc has been taking care of the education business and, and taking, the, uh, taking care of the HBCUs. And I've been doing some... All around some high school games and all. And I'm telling you, some of it's been good and a lot of it's been bad. And real quick, Wildcat, since you brought up high school, let <coughs> me say this for the listeners as well as Doc, because I haven't mentioned it to him. I told you about it. But our uh, Gavi Lewis Award Banquet will be March 31st. That's Thursday, March 31st at 6 p.m. March 31st. At uh, the U of H Great event. Athletic Alumni Center, 6 p.m. We will recognize and announce, but we recognize the 10 finalists for uh, the boys' high school, greater Houston area, top boys' high school players in the Houston area, and announce the winner of the award. So, uh, we have on the, you can go to GavyLewisAward.org and see the uh, some of the names of the players who are in the running. Right now we have the uh, top 20. And we're going to announce the uh, 10 finalists. And the voting will begin, let's see, probably March 1st, roughly. So we'll have roughly about four weeks or so for online voting for the fans. And media will have media. And then the board will have a a share of the vote as well. So you can go to the Guy V. Lewis Award Facebook page as well as GuyVLewisAward.org more information but it is the award banquet will be thursday march 31st at 6 p.m and let me say this because we young people are just so fast high schoolers they beat us to the points i'm gonna be honest we had the top 20 already out there but a high school already tagged it before we put it on the face our facebook page they had already tagged it the 20 uh, players listed because one of their players was one of the 20. <laughs> so, so I was like, oh, well, let me go ahead and put this on our Facebook page. Dude. So it was uh, Jeremy Peck. St. Thomas Jeremy Peck is going to Drexel. So, oh. so they tagged. They, Big five school. So they tagged him. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, I need to go put this on the page because I'm one of the administrators for the page. So. It's on there, so you can go to two places, GavyLewisAward.org, as well as on Facebook, Gavi Lewis Award Facebook page, and it's also Gavi Lewis Award on Twitter. So I have my hand in, in a few of those ironed in the fire. But yes, March 31st, 6 p.m., U of H Athletic Alumni Center. In fact, we're having a uh, conference call on Monday to uh, hammer out more logistics because that is the... That's two days before the Final Four semifinals here in Houston. Yep. So a lot of media were, should be in attendance for the award. The number one ranked player, and it's courtesy of uh, Jim Hicks and RCS Sports and Vipe uh, magazines. Also, you can also go get your copy of Vipe and see the players listed. Uh, semifinalists, I guess you can say. Let me go ahead and give if you guys on mine. Let me just give the 20 names of the players. <clears throat> sure. Number one, I think, is the favorite. Yeah. 
They deserve it. Number one is a favorite Kentucky-bound Tylex High School's own De'Aaron Fox. Then we got J.J. Caldwell, Satch, committed to A&M, Texas A&M. Carson Edwards from Chascosita High School has uh, committed to Purdue. Jacob Young, J.Y., Joseph Young's brother, Michael Young's youngest son, right? I think Jacob. Yep. Uh, from Jack Yates High School. I'm sad to say he's chosen to go to Texas. I won't say that because I'm a U of H grad. I'm proud for him because I remember seeing Jacob run around hot finds years ago shooting hoops, shooting better than some of the players back in the day that he had on U of H teams at that time. But anyway, <laughs> <clears throat> and it was like he was like seven, eight years old. Uh, so uh, and he, he just like his dad and just like uh, Joseph, he got range from deep. Alex Hobbs next, Laporte High School going to Boise State. Knox Hellams, Concordia Lutheran going to Pepperdine. Gilbert Thomas, C.E. King uh, has chosen Murray State. Ashton Bradley from uh, ACY, which means what, sir? Uh, HCY is that is the that's homeschool. That's a homeschool. Yes, that's all we need to know for the listeners. You don't get up too deep for me. Marlon Davis, Westbury Christian, as of our press release on February fifth, he has not uh, announced a choice yet. College choice. Zach Naylor, Travis High School, Jeremy Peck, St. Thomas, Drexel, Alex Holcomb, Marshall High School, Fort Bend Marshall, going to uh, A&M Corpus Christi. We happen hey. to know the head coach there, don't we, Wildcat? You yeah. know, and, and he's on his job. I had to give him credit for that. You know, he came back into the neighborhood, as they say, and, and picked him up one. He's kind of happy. We'll talk to him in a couple of weeks. When the, yeah, we got to do, do that. Got to make a point of that, yeah. Coach Willis Wilson, we're talking about listeners. Name dropped there for a little bit. I need to, need to uh, arrange that. Yeah. So, uh you know uh, he's going to ask him, like, who are you? He, he better not. <laughs> as far back as I go with him, is you go back even further than that with Coach Wilson, so he, he better not. Uh, Ken Busby from Elkins. J.R. Adams from Cinco Ranch. Going to Temple J.C. Uh, Javon McCormick, Maid Creek. Kenny Yarborough. These are all the seniors who are part of our uh, top 20. From Hightower, we got four juniors to round it out. 6'9", Jared Vanderbilt, Victory Prep. 6'7", Royce Ham from Alvin Davis. 6'6", six, six, Fabian White at a Tascacita. So we got two kids from Tascacita, Fabian White and Carson Edwards. That means that's why they're pretty good. That's why they're legit. My, and last but not least, we got Doc Nelson, six-footer from Episcopal. Uh, Tascacita is pretty much the team that everybody was talking about at the uh, at the um, Klein Forest and uh, spring, uh, the Caney game uh, last week as far as who they'll probably meet. He's in the regional in the uh, second or third round, which would be interesting, just because of the fact that uh, Atascocita pretty much sits above everyone else in the uh, public school ranks as far as because are, are, uh, uh, what uh, uh, what they, they got uh, what they've got best team in the state yeah. Of, of what they've got, wow. not so much with starting, but what they've got on the bench and all to come in and back those guys up. Because I, I think, I mean, because high school, not, I'm, I don't have time like I used to. They're nasty ranked too, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So yes, they are. They're, they're the real deal, Doc. So you're invited, Doc. I look forward to attending. So listeners, y'all are invited as well. So we're looking forward to that. And, and Wildcat and his uh, photography skills will, will be in the house showing off, showing people how to uh, – do great interviews and take pictures. He's, I do what I can. He's got the knack for it, so he he uh, told me he'll be there as well. So yes, so you can follow me at um, 
VHR Review for more information, or like I said, on Twitter, where you can also go to Agave Lewis Award on Twitter for more information as well. So uh, I think the playoffs are yeah underway, right, in high school playoffs? Girls are uh, going. The fellas uh, will start, if I'm not mistaken, uh, on next week. I think that's the last. What, what, what the playoffs are last? We're rounding out the season. Uh, on, on the fellas side. On the fellas side, I think the regular season should be. like almost be like a few more days. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think Tuesday is the last day for them. But the girls are, are, are up and going. And um, I was supposed to get a report from an, uh, a person that I trust with that, that's been out there on, uh, pretty much all the season uh, checking out some things. And he hadn't called, hadn't called or texted me back. So, But once I get the information, I will pass it along uh, on my Facebook page, uh, very much so on my blog. So we're gonna let's move let's move up the uh, the levels of sports from high college. school to college. What's going on, Doc? Do you want to? Well, let me say this. I want to give Doc time to talk about um, in more detail about HBCUs and uh, naturally uh, Texas Southern and Prairie View. But U of H men playing well after they stubbed their toe uh, on the road versus Tulsa, and Tulsa's playing well. Tulsa, Temple, Tulsa, and U of H probably the three hottest teams in the American Athletic Conference right now. Um, U of H and Temple play in Hawfine Sunday evening, 6 p.m. Just come, uh, uh, tomorrow, if you're listening to the podcast thank on you, Saturdays. Because they need to know that. It's uh, Sunday, February 21st. Let me get specific. Sunday, February 21st at 6 p.m. Got some promotions uh, for the ball game. You can go to Houston Round Bar Review Men's Hoops blog for some more information, HoustonRoundBarReview.com. Because one of the promotions is tied in with the girls' game going on right Excuse me, the women's game going on right now. Uh, that game started at 1 p.m. But the U of H men, it's part of the blackout um, where fans were black. First, I think 100 fans come to U of H women's game, receive a KSV T-shirt, and then the first 500 students on the men's side for the men's game on Sunday, the 21st, also receive a free blackout T-shirt. But more specifics for the promotions for the men's game versus Temple. First place, Temple. Because SMU is the first week, as we know, banned from postseason play. But SMU's also started to lose games, come back down to earth within the American Athletic Conference. Right. But um, coaches powering forward for autism is one of the uh, tie-ins for Sunday's game against Temple. It's in its third season. It's in intended to drive awareness for autism. Uh, AutismSpeaks.org is the website you can go, go get for more information. Funds raised generated from Sunday's game will go towards Autism Speaks research and advocacy efforts on behalf of the autism community. And then another one. Sponsored, check this out. Sponsored by, I won't say that, but the HSPCA, the Houston Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, will be collecting cash and pet toy donations before Sunday's game at a table on the Hall Fine Pavilion Concourse by the Holman Street entrance. Fans who make donations We'll be able to sign the Cougar Paw Wall, which I had no idea what that was until I read this press release. I like that Cougar Paw Wall. So they're doing a lot of marketing. It's, they're doing it's, 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 it's not, They're trying to do better jobs. So after all these and, years, it's and good I, for that. Not like the rapper Paul Wall, but the actual wall. Yeah, Paul <laughs> Wall, as opposed to Paul <laughs> Wall, who who fitted Coach Tom Herman for a grill. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, it's it's one thing is for sure. They're doing it like someone mentioned in a uh, Facebook uh, posting this earlier uh, yesterday. Some things are going on in third world. 
Both yeah, on the campus here at Texas Southern and at uh, U of H. Getting much more serious about that. So. But athletics are, are starting to become in terms of a marketing of a perspective. balance. Yep, on campus now. But uh, as we get into HBCU sports, I guess one of the big things. Hold that thought real quick, Doc. If you don't mind, hold that thought. I just want to say this: Temple's ten and three in conference. U of H is nine and five in conference. So the Cougars are tied for third. With Cincinnati and Tulsa both nine and five, U of H wins Sunday. They'll be happy about the first place. Now we can go ahead. And before I get into HBCU sport, as I was about to jump into, which fits right along with that, I'm jump off the field or off the court, if you would, and then I'm gonna go back onto the court for basketball, and then I'm gonna jump back off of it. <laughs> a lot of jumping here on the, yeah. on the podcast today. Yeah, I'm right, feeling, right a little, feeling a little froggy. How yeah. About that? So. We talk about the difference between how much money uh, H University of Houston is uh, spending in regards to the marketing part. It's interesting that our next door neighbors in the state of Louisiana had a huge issue that has kind of taken over the landscape that I think is interesting that we probably want to at least address is the fact that the governor came out a week or so ago now talking about the fact that they were in debt uh, almost a billion dollars this year and would be two billion dollars next year if certain strategic changes were not made to alleviate this debt ultimately what would happen is many of the schools would close or would not be able to fulfill academic lectures going on at the university because the funding was not there and he jumped and made the leap that said obviously if there is no class for students Students would get an I in their classes and complete until they could uh, put them back into classes, which would mean that uh, student athletes would be ineligible to play based on NCAA rules because they wouldn't have a grade in terms of semester to move forward. And obviously, he pulled out LSU talking about that, and everybody made the leap. And kind of, in a lot of ways, a lot of people confused what he said, obviously, I thought was interesting. I, obviously, he did it purposely. So people would understand how much madness is going on in Louisiana with educational systems. But was the fact that uh, people are saying there's no way they're not going to let LSU play. And they have enough money. They're not running any deficit on the athletic side, which is true. But he was talking about whether athletes would be eligible to play. If they're not eligible to play, there's no school. They can't play. So it's a whole different thing. And obviously they would trickle down in a lot of ways to HBCUs and other historically white colleges and universities in Louisiana. The one issue that came up uh, off the field again was the fact that uh, president of Grambling State said that he was calling off his search because of the financial situation until he got some more information moving forward. The alumni jumped all on him, so he put the search back on again. <laughs> the, the alumni of these schools, Doc, on both sides, HBCUs. Oh, we know what's important in America, and that is sports. I, <laughs> you know. I be damn educating anybody in school. Open, I, I don't a, care about, I want about football. Head. It's about I want some, a basketball. Child head. going to going to classroom. The professor getting paid. They that ain't my that ain't my objective. That's not my objective. We've heard so, it so many times. Yes, and then so <laughs> there was some pictures that came out yesterday talking about a new. A physical fitness facility at LSU that is really licensing people now is talking about how do you have all this money? It's like an $80 million facility or something of that nature, multi-million dollar facility. 
And so it's just intriguing when people think about sports in that context, wondering how do you have all this money for one thing but not another. And basically it's about priorities. Simply put, and people don't want to get there. Another off the issue that we have to talk about HBCUs directly is the fact that uh, Southern University will not be eligible for a postseason play in baseball. One, because of APR. And they also found out from the last seven to eight years that he was over-awarding scholarships. So um, they haven't even gotten a letter from the NCAA, uh, but they know it's coming. And so they will write a report and have their own self Self-imposed. Yeah, self-imposed, self-punishment. And based on that, they'll actually move forward. But there's some questions out there whether Kador should continue to have his job. So that's a you know, really serious when question I, when people are looking at it in terms of Kador because he's such a legendary, and that is a legendary HBC baseball program. When I found out about that, you know, it was almost like it broke my heart because uh, that Southern is, 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 at one point was the – was a flagship as far as baseball yes. in, in the swag. They they were getting so many guys, you know, into the league. Not just in the minor, uh, yeah. minor system. Money but comes to mind, and everybody is uh, familiar with his Ricky Weeks. Ricky Weeks won the, the and I'm uh, tell national you, award at the time, to, and they to, went to the tournament, won the first game, uh, had a tough loss, second round. Now that's long. Used to compete long against a lot of teams in, in, in SAC on a on, on a regular, regular basis. They would just get scheduled uh, and would go and compete. Uh, maybe get a, a game out of the series, uh, and to to hear about that and where they are now, it's it's kind of bothering because you don't look, for, you hope that things doesn't fall off the, the it doesn't fall off the trip. Yeah, it's, it's, flip, too, but, it's too late. It's, it's but, uh, but, I don't. It's going to be a change. They just bad. were defeated because he let a lot of guys go for overwarding. So he's trying to reconfigure the team academically. They didn't do very well in the fall. They just got dusted by rambling 15 to nothing, opening up the MLB yeah. with the Urban League Classic. If that's any indication of where they're headed. And this is before they hit sanction and hit, which is probably going to be a pretty devastating hit when you look at the fact you're talking about seven, eight years. That's a long time, not yeah. a couple of years. Yeah. So there's some questions in terms of how did this take place, how does this continue to take place um, with Southern fans, alums, and then you have HBCU fans, alums, SWAC fans, alums, Aston same questions in terms of what takes in place here and it's a financial issue and so you're going to have this question of you know where do we go from here so you have that coming off the table also on the blogs Henry Frazier III supposedly has taken the head football coaching job at Shaw in the CIAA at the Division 2 level no confirmation from the university level yet so it'll be interesting to see if that's the case for those that uh Heard that name and it sounds familiar. Correct. He was the Prairie View and m football coach here a couple of years ago, left to go to North Carolina Central, and uh, he brought Prairie View to a national championship in 2009. So that's where you're recognizing that name from. So those are some things off the field that uh, I'll kind of bring it back and give you my top five wins and women's mid-major and major. Do that really quick. Doc, talk about if you briefly. Sure. Uh, PV's Willie Simmons. That was uh, – News reports, whatever that he yes. was going, he was going to be hired on by. Uh, I'm glad you brought FBS that up. I've talked about it level. a couple of times, but I did forget that it's been a little while. Right. As we you mentioned on your podcast. show, but not on not on, right, on, this on podcast. the podcast. So I should address that, and I apologize that I, I was remiss in not doing that. Yeah, there were talks 
a week or so ago, a little more than a week ago now, that Willie Simmons was in the running for the offensive coordinator position at Southern Mississippi because the Alcorn coach, yeah. Hobson, uh, took the job and so led the vacancy. At first, it was a lot of suggestions that this rumor came out from the new coach that took the job <laughs> at Texas Southern University because they were in the running for a quarterback right here in the backyard at Hightower. So that was interesting. It and that happens, kind of went Doc. To dress. It and then just it, happens. Yeah, it just happens. It just happens, Doc. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't all hear it. We didn't all hear it. So that was really fascinating if it's funny when it took place, uh, at least to some people. Some people were very upset that it was going on. Uh, end of the day, at that time, he it was not serious at that time. And this was literally the day before signing day, the weekend before oh, yeah. signing day. Yep. And so. A lot so, of stuff going on during that day. Uh, Wednesday, uh, quarterback. Decided to sign the name of Prairie View. So everybody was happy at Prairie View. Willie Simmons, everybody thought everything was great. Willie Simmons had a signing day ceremony on Wednesday at Prairie View's nursing uh, college campus right here in Prairie View. And so everybody's feeling good. And then all of a sudden, Thursday, Friday hits. And it hits again. Bomb, bomb. This time. Dive, dive, dive. <laughs> yes, this time it's for real. He was uh, asked to join the staff. And um, thought about it, told Ashley, Ashley Williams, the athletic director, Ashley Robinson, I should say. And <laughs> um, he said, was after much thought, that he wasn't, didn't really want to go. He wanted to be a head coach. And so he stayed. So during Wednesday night, he threw a little some salt over here at Michael Haywood and Texas Southern football program in regards to the quarterback they landed. So that was kind of funny. And then he he put a nice letter open letter fa- open letter mm-hmm. on Facebook. It really touched a lot of Prairie View fans and really set the tempo to what actually just took place Wednesday no Thursday here on Prairie View A and M's campus where the Chancellor for Texas A and M came down and they did an update on what the facility was looking like and where it was coming down. Crowd, great crowd. The band was out there. Um, they actually got coverage from the Houston Chronicle, which doesn't happen very often in terms of um, momentous occasions like this. And so they had a lot of news media down there, the uh, over-the-air television media, ABC, C- CBS, Fox. Um, they were all there. So they were very excited, a lot of good news. Construction is still on schedule, really ahead of schedule, and the plans are that it will be ready this summer. Say that one more time, Doc, because I had one of my buddies who was a – Listening to these podcasts, uh, asked me, So, uh, how's uh, the construction come along at Prairie View? He, a, he was shocked that I said it's come along great. And he's like, No, really. So, say that again, Doc. Yes, this construction is on time, and they actually had officials from Prairie View AM, and some people obviously may not necessarily believe them. So, they brought the Texas AM Chancellor out there, too. He was cited saying this is a great thing for Prairie View. He well, said just like Texas A&M had a new state-of-art stadium that was ready to go, Prairie View needed a state-of-art stadium and that it was going to do great things for the system. Well, you know, sometimes we still have the problem of thinking that certain people's ice is colder. So, so you notice I went there, too. Yes. So mm-hmm. Thanks for 
Go ahead and suck yeah. it. Oh, it yeah. out like it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But with that, let's jump in here and get back into the action. Then I'll dovetail to some Power 5 school information of that is off the field questions and concerns. And I'll go on my diatribe if you would allow me at that time. Uh, Mid-majors, women. I have to get this off. I was really excited about looking at the numbers this week. A lot of the same teams in the top five part of the women's side of the mid-majors, but I have to give them some kudos and actually probably will clap after you hear this and you'll understand why. Four of the five top teams in the poll are ranked nationally on the women's side. Even the team that is outside of the top five is receiving votes on the national poll. So the mid-major for the women, they are getting it done. Kentucky State Lady Thoroughbreds out of the SIAC is 19-3, and 13-2. As I said, they're receiving votes on the national level. Then at number five, Shaw Lady Bears 21-5, 13-1 out of the CIAA, ranked number five this week, staying at the fifth spot. And number four, Langston Lady Lions out of the Red River Athletic Conference of the NAIA are 17-4, 11-2. They are ranked nationally at number 20. They do drop one spot from number three. They're getting it done. And again, these scores are based on the poll being released on Tuesday. At number three, Virginia Union Lady Panthers, 20 and 2, 12 and 2 out of the CIAA. Previously ranked fourth, so they move up one spot. They are ranked nationally at number 13, and that is the NCAA Division II poll ranking. And then we're going to go to number two, Talladega Lady Tornadoes, 21 and 3. Yes, 21 and 3, sitting at 10 and 0 in the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. That is out of the NAIA. They hold the spot at number two. They are ranked nationally number 15. And number one, Benedict Lady Tigers, 22 and 2. Let me say that one more time. 22 and 2, 12 and 2 out of the SIAC. They hold on to the number one spot this week, and they are ranked 15th nationally out of the NCAA Division II poll rankings by the coaches. So, again, hand clap for these lady basketball programs as they're getting it done ranked uh, in the nation for the top five programs getting it done. On the men's side, at number five, Dillard Blue Devils, 15-9, 6-3, pre ranked four. They slide down one spot as number four, Virginia State Trojans, 18-5, and 12-2, out of the CIAA, up, jumps up one spot over Dillard out of the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference, bringing us to number three, Langston Lions, 19-5, and 11-2. As you know, Red River Athletic Conference hold on to the number three spot. At number two, Talladega Tornadoes, 22-4, and 9-1, out of the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference, along with Langston members of the NAIA. They are also ranked nationally at number six. Then you have the Stillman Tigers, 19-5, 13-1, they hold on to the number one spot. I really have a soft spot for this program. As you know, we talked about earlier that this probably will be their last year in the SIC. We'll see if they're able to get in the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference and maybe transition from NCAA Division II to NAIA to see if they can hold on to some of their sports. But they're looking at dissolving many, if not most, of their sports programs. So right now, this would be a terrific way to close out the season with a conference championship and a bid to the playoffs. No teams dropped out of the top five this week. Benedict Tigers 16 and 9, 11 and 5 are receiving votes out of the SIAC. Also want to add that Langston Lions are ranked 14th nationally uh, in the post. So you have two men's program ranked nationally as they get it done. Let's jump to the major division with the women, as we call it, the big 
boys and ladies as they get it done. Let's see. Receiving votes this week, Southern Lady Jaguars 13-9, 10-3. North Carolina A&T State Aggies are sitting at 13-10 and 9-3. And no team dropped out of the poll this week, so top five. Bethune-Cookman Lady Wildcats out of the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, better known as the MEAC, 15-10, 9-3, previous ranked three, so they dropped two spots as number four. Morgan State Lady Bears, 11-13, 9-2, playing some very good basketball, ranked four, and they hold on to that spot this week. At number three, Alabama State Lady Hornets, 12-9, 10-2, previous ranked five. They jump up two spots. I would argue with anybody that they are playing some of the best basketball on the women's side, particularly with HBCU programs. At number two, Hampton Lady Pirates, 11 and 13, 9 and 2. They hold steadfast at number two. And number one, Texas Southern Lady Tigers, 14 and 8, 10 and 2. They hold on to the number one spot just narrowly as they had that tough loss to Gramlin, who was playing some good basketball themselves. Look to see if they can jump in the top five, depending on what they're able to do this week. Let you jump in. Let me do the men and have your question and see if what you think now, about those I, people right Two things. One, the Gremlin folks, they talked a little smack. They oh, don't they lie yeah, and all that. Yeah, they I, I was here at, the, at, the, at a high school basketball basketball game. I'm hearing about Gremlin kicking TSU's women's butt. Oh, I'm like, oh, my it. goodness. I said, okay. I said, y'all just keep talking. You I said, I want to see what y'all look like when y'all come to the tournament. Oh, we'll be there. We'll be there. I'm like, okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Put your money where your mouth is. I'm going to tell you, playing four games in four days, it ain't fun. Legs can get tired. You might have to put some stakes on it. Hey, might have to do that. And I got one other thing. This just just became a foul. Delaware State women's uh, basketball team, they beat Norfolk State today, 64-61. They five and seven, eight and seventeen. The te- uh, the program looks like it's it's starting to balance out yeah, now, uh, right which which is good because they, it hadn't been over 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 time. Right. And I think they, as they say, they may have gotten the right person uh, uh, to help the program as far as players and coaches. It's starting to mess now. It's, I agree it's with getting that. Late. They'll be interesting to see what's going on in that MEAC as you come down the stretch between Bethune, Cookman, Morgan State, and Hampton. Talk real quick. Since Wildcat put it out there, real quick for those grambling folks. <laughs> Here it comes. Just, just so you know where you can buy your tickets, the tournament is in H-Town from March 8th through when? 12th. Okay. This Saturday. This Saturday. That's what I thought, too. But, see, I don't want to say anything. But maybe they have, are they having parties on the 13th? Yeah. Okay, that's what they're talking about. Because the press release kind of words it differently because the tournament is eight, March 8th through the 12th. Yeah, but they'll be so here You can go to the SWAC website or I think you can go to uh, the online ticket office or Toyota Center box office and, and buy tickets for the tournament. So, Grambling folks, y'all think y'all going to be TSU? Buy tickets, put your butts in the seats. You can talk to Wildcat about getting stakes after the fact if y'all come out and beat TSU again. Yeah. You know, so put some stakes on. So put put some stakes on. You got you got grandma folks. We got oh yeah, got southern folks yeah. as well. So well, you know, southern. We ain't gonna talk about y'all. So anyway, <laughs> you know the doc. Go ahead, go ahead, Chris. But the first games, uh, first session is uh, Tuesday, March eighth. Women play first at high noon. And of course, we, as we get, get close in the season finalized, we'll give you the team and stuff. But first session is at at noon, and then 6 p.m. session. At six, then afternoon session begins at 6 p.m., so you got noon and 2.30, and then 6 and 8.30 uh, in the evening. 
and then March 9th, once again, noon, 2.30, and then 6 and 8.30. So that's how it'll be until the semifinals on Friday, March 11th, and the championship game will be on uh, Saturday, March 12th. Ladies play at 2, and the men's game will be at 5.30. Yes, and this is the last year of the current model where you'll have all the games at the Toyota Center, so you definitely want to take advantage and get out there. Swackhoops.org, grabbing it, folks. Swackhoops.org. And when I say that is next year, it's my understanding that the quarterfinals will be on campus and only the semifinals or finals will be at Toyota City. So they did extend the end? It sounds like it because that's what was coming out of the vote. So they hadn't officially released that they extended it. But if that was on the vote on the table, that is the contractual offer they have on the table. So I'd imagine for the next three years that it will stay at the Toyota Center. Uh, with it moving, with the provisions, as I said, that semifinals and finals will be actually at Toyota Center, with the quarterfinals being on the campus of the top seed. Well, as I say, we can all start to rest easy then somewhat and sleep in our own beds for a little while longer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Le- yeah. Leading up to it. But I kind of like that, Doc. Swag, Swag Sunday is um, March 13th. It'll be Swag Official Sunday Fun Day Party. Uh, more information on the website is going to be on a, a location on Washington Avenue. So it's free admission. So there you go, SWAC Fun Day on March 13th. So that is the last date of the event for the SWAC basketball tournament here in H-Town. And that's what it is. It's an event. It is an event. And I will give the SWAC credit. I have seen billboards up around town, so that's good. And I started to hear some radio spots on uh, Magic 102. Mm-hmm. So I hope they are, are on KCOH. Please tell no. me they are. They're not. No, that's, that's a problem. A right there. That's a problem. Yep. So I don't listen. Since, since I'm old now, I don't listen to the other the young folk stations like. Yeah, uh, yeah I hear. You. I didn't know they would have Can't do that. On KTSU and I heard on KTSU. Yeah, I heard on KTSU. It was a smart move, but taking it off KCH is not a very good move. I hope they reconsider that and understand that that's a sizable part of the population that listens to their radio station. And and listeners, you let you let your man know. That we've probably just spent more time talking about the SWAC tournament on this podcast than anybody else <laughs> in, in town no will discuss oh, yeah. between now and uh, March 8th. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let yeah. me close out with Go the ahead. top five of the men. With that, number five, Southern Jaguars. Well, let me give you the teams that are receiving some votes first. Oakland State Braves sitting at 12 and 12, 10 and 3. They're having a great season, surprising most people. Be interesting to see if they can continue to run that they're on. And then you have South Carolina State Bulldogs, 14-12, 9-3. They dropped out of the poll last week as they were ranked as high as number three. A tough loss as they were trending in the right direction. A surprising loss uh, as well. At number five, as we said, Southern Jaguars, 18-8, 10-3. Previous ranked four, they slide down one spot. At number four, Tennessee State Tigers, 18-7, 9-3. They were not ranked. They jumped into the top five this week after having... Three big wins uh, a couple of weeks ago. But they had a tough loss on Thursday, so it'll be interesting to see. Can they rebound and get that win today? They were looking like they were getting back in the hunt as they were tied with Belmont and Tennessee Tech with three losses on that side in their division. But that creates their fourth loss, so they're going to need some more help as they continue to push through. At number three, Norfolk State Spartans on the men's side. They're in the hunt, 13-3, and 9-2 previous rank, 5 as they move up three spots, looking very good in terms of what they're doing. Quietly getting done, surprising a lot of people because of uh, just quietly moving forward. At number two, their in-state rival, the private school of Hampton Pirates. Many say the real HU. 
15 and 9, 10 and 2, as they get it done, hitting at the number two spot. At number one, Texas Southern Tigers, 12 and 12, 11 and 1. They've rebounded from that loss down the Prairie View a couple of weeks ago. Uh, even at the 500 mark, 11 and 1, as they have had some close games. Last time on the road, and then at home, well, they let Grambling kind of sneak back into the game. They held them out, closed them off, so they did get the win. So it'll be interesting as they get on the road this week with a tough Mississippi Valley State team to see if they can get it done. Uh, as the looming games on the last part of the road trip with Southern and Alcorn State Braves seem like they may come into play and should definitely be interesting matchups. That'll do it for Doctorville's HBCU Sports Report. Now, let me go in, if you would. Please do. On the gentleman Yee. We kind of talked about Donald Yee, the lawyer. He's actually a lawyer that represents the New England Patriots quarterback Tom Brady and the New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton. So he's very talented and very good at what he did. We talked about the article uh, that was in the Washington Post a couple of weeks ago with college sports exploiting unpaid black athletes, but they could force a change. He's went in and he's back on it on ESPN as uh, they – uh, decided to talk to him, and he said, why power agent John, he wants to blow up the NCA." So he kind of put the foot on the pedal. I thought he made an interesting ploy in this case, and this was written by Howard Brandt, ESPN senior writer, as he talked about the fact that it looks like going to the courts is not working in the favor of changing college athletics. It surely is not doing it very at a very rapid pace. So he talks about uh, some of the things that college athletes have done, everything from Grambling. He particularly points out what took place in Missouri, and the players are going to have to be the ones that take a stance if this is going to go in a different direction. Hadn't had many people really push the players uh, to make stances, so it'll be interesting to see when you talk about what many people are suggesting that he is very radical. He comes from a minority position, so this is really uh, important to him in many different ways. So you had some people talking about, he said, quoting, maybe you'll see some hashtag Twitter, disrupt the Final Four or something of that nature where you would see major disruption from the player side. So I'm intrigued, and it's amazing to me how many people have just fallen over heels about the NCAA's way of operation and Many people do not see a problem with the way they are treating athletes. So I just wanted to bring that to the floor to talk about uh, Yee and his position. So I think that is interesting. So is he going to take up the cause for, for them as, as a as He's first definitely year? willing as, as, to take up the cause. But he, he, he wants position. the players, the African-American players, to be more active, proactive, <coughs> and begin – the cause taking up the cause themselves, and they should if they intend to. Because he is correct. The only way it's going to move along at a either a slow place or a pace period is if the players decide and says, "Okay, we're going to get something done." Exactly. For example, let me say this: recent weeks, um, Dallas high school students on Texas A&M campus were ridiculed, verbally abused, called the N-word, et cetera, et cetera, by some Aggie students. So, just throwing it out there. Not only that, 
It was it was worse now. Insult, oh yes, it was, it was worse, folks. It was, trust police, me, it was worse. They now. called the police, and the police came over and said the students were just exercising Ex- their freedom of freedom speech. of speech. So <laughs> some people me, said that hate crime is not a freedom of speech. Let me let me just say hypothetically, if the brothers and sisters at A and M decided right. to say, "Well, we're done with this. We're done with all this stuff." Y'all can cheer us on on Saturdays, Sundays, and other sports, basketball, football. And yet you're going to call us niggas Monday through Friday. What you're going to do, we can just all up and leave. Yep. And take all our stuff and just, and, or to just not play. Express our right to protest. Since y'all have rights of freedom of speech, we're just going to have our right to protest and not play for none of y'all. Because all we are to y'all is a bunch of money makers and niggers. So y'all say go back to where we came from. Well, we will. Let's all of us go back to our, our hometowns and our high schools. And y'all go ahead and try to beat Kentucky without us. <laughs> or Alabama. Or LSU. Auburn. Or Auburn. Whoever Florida, else. Florida. It's going to get rough. So, so I think it's going to become intriguing as you start to see different individuals, whether it's on the sporting side of the entertainment or musical side of the entertainment, everything from Beyonce, our halftime show with the Super Bowl, then even recently I don't get that. I I missed something in in that halftime, apparently, because I didn't see what everybody else saw. Uh, I mean, You should have been in my class. We broke it down in class. Okay. Once you break it down in class, it becomes pretty easy to see what was going on. I think people overreacted. That's that's what you're referring to. I totally agree with that as similar as they did with uh, Kendrick Lamar and his yes. performance yes. during the Grammys. Um, many people were shocked. He was just expressing himself. Right. He was at home. <laughs> Think about it's, this now. He, he was at home. It's okay, for, as far as he was it's okay for the others to have the freedom of speech when it involves hate and uh, words to vilify, but it's not okay for us to express ourselves, even though we are still citizens, I thought we were still citizens in the same country. Uh, woke up this morning and I was at my home. At least I thought that. It's, it's, was but that, it's, but yeah, clearly, it's, o- it's okay for some folks to express themselves, absolutely, and others to not e- express themselves. That's that's where we are. But that's quite all right because the three of us have no problems expressing ourselves on these uh, podcasts and other media outlets. Which ties me into Doc. How can folks find you on the social media platforms and the World Wide Web? Yeah, social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Uh, you'll see me constructing intersection narratives between sports, particularly looking at HBCUs. And at times, I'll create these intersections at a micro, macro level where we look at race, social, economic status. And others, so you can see me retweeting those kind of things as well. Again, that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and that's at Dr. Kenyatta Caville, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Again, it's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. And just general interesting news that I find out there, I'll retweet or post on Facebook, resend, if you would. And sometimes when I'm on my travel presenting research papers, you'll also see me put stuff on Instagram and the like particular covering HBCU athletic sports. And then you can catch me on my show every Tuesday, 6 to 7, 
in the Caseway Studios, KKBQ, 92.2 HD2. You can find me right there every Tuesday, 6 to 7. And that is Dr. Bill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Ryan McGinty, Mike Washington, and Charles Bishop. If you're not able to catch it live, you can listen on SoundCloud as I post it there as well. You can go to SoundCloud and type in Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab. Uh, you can do a search and put in Dr. Cavill Inside and it should come up so you don't have to necessarily type the whole thing in there. And so those are some latest, greatest ways that you can hear my information in terms of particularly looking at HBCU Sports. Wildcat. Wildcat has been retweeting like a madman these last few moments. So how can folks follow you on Twitter, sir? You can follow me at JL Woodley One, Jerry L. Woodley Jr. on Facebook and Twitter. And TweetDeck, it is AKSVDCSR, the College Sports Report. On SoundCloud and YouTube, it is the College Sports Report. AKSV, the CSR. And I am KG of the Houston Round Ball Review, HoustonRoundBallReview.com. 20 plus years in, in going. Uh, HoustonRoundBallReview.com, Houston Round Ball Review on YouTube, Houston Round Ball Review on Instagram. You can check out our podcast page on Facebook, KG, Fifth with Wildcat, and Doc on Facebook, as well as iTunes and SoundCloud. Shout out to our, our man who was concerned about us. He hadn't heard us in a while podcasting. Sure. He knows who he is. I, I let him know uh, via Mr. that we are podcasting right now. He he's told me he's traveling, and he will listen to it later on uh, via the podcast uh, player that he has. He's high tech also. So uh, <laughs> Oh, that guy? <laughs> so uh, And he's he's also a, a supporter of, of Doc. He's the support of all three of us, really, individually Thanks. and collectively. So appreciate his sure. interest. In, in our podcast and what do we do. Gentlemen, if you allow me just a few moments, I want to talk about my... Before we jump in there, because of the college, I wanted, yeah, go ahead. I wanted to go through one more and get everybody's opinion quickly, if you would, on Harbaugh taking his team to Florida, IMG. Doc, good for him. I thought that was a good thing because that came up in the conversation too last week at the high school deal because folks were like, what's going on? I said, say, man, the, the new guy... Understand it, understood everything that he was getting involved in. He prepared himself. And when he said, okay, if this is what I can do, he brought that to the, the the powers that be on campus at the University of Michigan and said, all right, this is what's fixing to happen. The, the old day, old ways of recruiting in this conference changed today when I walked on campus. <laughs> Surely, yeah. And now I don't care about and trust. Uh, now I'm cleaning it up. He didn't care about the rest of them having not one word to say about his program. Only person that I got to be concerned with is the people I answer to in this room that signed my check. This is what's fixing to go down. He picked up a quarterback. He picked up a punter. Spent the night at that kid's house. Uh, and what else did he do? Uh, he picked up three, uh, well, now I'll take it back, four positions, four key positions that he didn't have. And now he's got them kids coming on campus. And he went into the heart. As they say, of the line, and got what he wanted, he, and, he's and, and just hanging exposing out. the hypocrisy. But he understood what he was getting into when he took that job and said, "I'm going to change what's been going on." 
And I think he doesn't upset the, the, the turnover of the apple cart. And those folks down here on this end of the country ain't happy about it. No, they're not. And so what do you think about the criticism, Chris? I think it's it's, it's hypocrisy. And, and the latest one is he's Coach Harbaugh's, Jim Harbaugh, is planning to take Michigan to Florida during spring break practice. And I don't blame to, him. To practice. And the, the, the backlash is because, well, they're student athletes. They're supposed to have time off to rest and <laughs> recuperate and recover hey. during their spring break time, their 20 hours. And President Embert, Mark Embert, came out and agreeing with the uh, SEC people and I think even Florida State ACC, maybe ACC commissioner, criticizing uh, Coach Harbaugh for doing this. Give me a break. The Apple they, 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 the, the Apple The, the haters go right up to that line and say they're student athletes despite all the evidence to the contrary of the work right. they put in, the time they put in, that they say 20 hours of practice is supposed to be. That's 20 hours, but doesn't count the weight room work or all the other things they have to do to be employees. Is that what it is? To everybody but the NCAA that big e and their supporters. Yes. So... I forgot where it was, but I was listening. I think it was a, a football player, football or basketball. He talked about how much time he trains, how much time he practices, how much time he does this, that, and the other. It's like he wanted to say, well, I'm an employee of the university, but someone told him that he couldn't say it. Because he said it like 45 hours that he puts into his his craft each week. And I'm like, ain't this a shame, this young man? And yet he's still called a student athlete. This, Whatever. Then something, something, and this but is this exactly something happened, some quotes that he said. Then <laughs> something happened while you all were doing in the process doing the mock that came up a, a topic. I can't find it right now on, online. Uh, concerning not just so much what, what Coach Harbaugh was doing, but uh, uh, President Emirat, you know, getting an extension. But something else. He, it, it was a, another topic concerning. Athletes across the board, as far as and I'm gonna go to President Emirate of the NCAA. Okay, yeah, that may bring it up. First, uh, Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh said it was comical. He further uh, was talking about the fact that the latest to pile on the NCAA president Mark Emirate, as you talked about, who voiced his disapproval, and guess what? Who he was addressing when he did this? University of South Carolina Board of Trustees, so SEC territory. They're having a hard time being students and doing. What students want to do, Emmer said, similar as you re rephrased the quote. But he goes a little deeper in there. Emmer said, while there's, quote, there's nothing Harbaugh is doing that is against the rules, end quote. Well, that should end the story. But right. He said, it's up to the NCAA Football Oversight Committee to determine whether Harbaugh and other coaches can do that again in the future. Quote, I guess SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey is stating a case but it doesn't hold water to me, end quote, Harbaugh told the Detroit Free Press on Friday. Quote, it's not an, an additional of time. It's the same amount of time. It's 20 hours. We will be on the same rule and guidelines every other team will be under on spring practice. I think there's been some humor about it. I think it's comical that he's taken exception to it, end quote. So he's been on Twitter uh, blasting. And talking about how karma, uh, how comical it is. Recently, the ACC commissioner got on board and voiced his displeasure as well. So, 
it's intriguing that the two commissioners that have the major problem with this are in the footprint of where he's going with Florida out of the SEC and Florida State obviously out of the ACC as well as Miami. So how much of it is really about the college athlete versus how much of it is really about recruiting? And I'm sure all our listeners uh, will tell us quickly it's about recruiting, and I would agree with them. Definitely. And uh, last week I was freezing. Well, I wasn't freezing. I was in I was in freezing cold Indianapolis. In a vortex. In uh, Indiana at the NCAA headquarters for the uh, media mock selection for men's college basketball. Um, I became the second person to uh, com- be participating in have two have participated in both the men's and women's mock selections. So that that is something I'm I'm proud of. It's 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 a tad bit different should than be, the women's women's mock selection. It's work. Both sides is, is work. Um, I was it, it, were you the honored. only only uh, representative from the, from the area? No, Jenny uh, Dow Creech from the Chronicle was also there, and she was assigned. The SWAC, she had four conferences and I had three. She was assigned like the Big 12, SWAC, Southland, and I can't remember the other conference. I had um, the Missouri Valley Conference, Conference USA, and Colonial. Uh, and So um, you had a spectrum. Um, but my, all, three of, all three of my conferences were one bid leagues. I even said it during my conference, opening conference monitor report that uh, I think Colonial is a one bid league despite William & Mary having – uh, some a good RPI, which it did. I think it, at the time it was like 32, 35, whatever. But, and Wildcat, okay, you know what I'm talking about when I say this. Yeah. But they didn't beat anybody. There you go, folks. They, they, there you ske- go. they scheduled great non-conference. They didn't beat anybody. They had no top 25, no, no top 50 wins. So I said it's one-bit league. The next day, it was a two-day session. We had people considering women marry. Really? Because of their RPI. And God bless him. Uh, Hoop nope. Weiss, Dick Weiss. <laughs> brought up Temple because this is just after Temple beat UConn for the second time. Right. And Temple's RPI is probably around 50 or whatever. But Mr. Weiss was pointing out Temple's wins. So I seconded this discussion mm. and I said yes. And the team to bump off of this consideration is women Mary because they ain't beat nobody. Right. So you went, you went wildcat all. So, so then folks began to realize I didn't go all that bad. I'm, 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 I'm embellishing. I'm, I'm embellishing a little bit, but I'm telling my people to sit next to me. We Mary hasn't beat anybody. I didn't put it on Twitter. Folks have a different viewpoint. You know, t- I, I said it. on Twitter, I people, you need to have top fifty wins. Win. Not just play somebody in the top fifty. Yeah. I don't really care. Every time you play them, you got to beat somebody sometimes. You know, sometimes. And, and, and Doc. This is, only KG can actually tell this this story better than I can, but most of the people that that, that make their make their uh, uh, trip to the uh, mock selection, they looking with their they they they, they get heart involved in in the teams and all that they're involved with that they cover on a regular basis that they that they notice instead of using their eyeballs because if the teams win, now you got a legitimate. You know, uh, process to uh, to go by to include them, but if they don't, you need to lead them over to the side. And I'm being nice now because I'm not in an argument that trying to argue my point. But at the end of the day, you you look at what let's take TSU season last year. They go on the road. They win a big a, a, a big game. 
that means something when you start putting the bracket together. Absolutely. And you cannot just put the bracket together and then justify it just because somebody, as KG mentioned, played somebody. How many wins did they get? Did they get wins on the road? Was it, And it goes back to part of this process. Were, teams, were both teams healthy? Was somebody out? You know, what, what transpired? Was there a, a play situation in, in, involved where uh, a questionable call or something? That, did the game stay tight the whole way or was it a blowout? All that is to be considered when you start putting the bracket together. And some folks just don't see that. They're thinking with, with their heart instead of with what their eyeballs are showing. Right. And fortunately, I'm going to add this. <clears throat> the committee and each of us who were members of the media were there were, were representing someone on the actual committee. Okay. The committee does not, they don't have heart in this. They go by what the, their, their brain and their eyes see. Now, they may value a different metric than somebody else. That makes sense. But they don't have heart. And all these uh, conspiracy folks who think, like, for example, the committee is going to put LSU in because of Ben Simmons, because he's a, you know, no. Ain't going to happen. The committee will put LSU in because LSU deserves to be in. If two teams are even, does that become a factor even at that level? It does if it's, 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 it's I'll put it like this, as a question of discussion, if it's the last four lines. But if you know they'll 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 look at the they'll look at the resume they'll look at the wins and losses it's the body of work, right. the whole season top fifty right. wins. So somebody personally may have that, but it's not yeah. supposed to be used on the table. It's all metrics, right? So obviously you can use your metric in in the back of your head. That may be something that you're going to justify by a metric, but it's nothing that you can use as a metric itself. Correct. And 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 all ten members will vote. So and you have, based on what you're trying to do, based on the seating on a men's side scrubbing from 1 through 68, the rankings of it is seven or eight people must vote for that in order to get it done. What about the idea that you hear uh, with the NCAA putting matchups where nope. teams... No, you, you no, don't, don't plan either. That's not plan either. No. It just, it just uh-huh. really happens it, that two teams right. with coaches... Because uh, it's based on geography, right first yeah. and foremost, based on geography, yeah. location, how, how distant between the school and the location, the right. site of the tournament. So those when those happen, they really are pure yeah, because, random. Because Good. it's based on the top four seeds, especially on the men's side, top four seeds first, as in top 16, one through four seeds in each region. It's based on geography. And then start very informative because I think those are some questions people would right. want to answer. And it's, and it's gotten out there and it's, it's been perpetuated too far by national media or look, you know, or CBS yeah, is doing this because of TV. The paper no, that's not the way. And it generates talking and discussion. And that's not the case at all. Because, I mean, we look at it and the software that the NCAA uses, you know, based on. I presume it's been upgraded. Oh, yeah, it has. It has been upgraded and you can tell based on you can't have. Um, multiple teams on, in the men's side. 16 teams, top 16. You cannot have, uh, if you have more than four teams from the same conference in the top 16, you're kick it up. It'll, it'll say so, you know, based on you got maybe, for oh. example, Big 12 will probably have five teams. Well, as of last week, teams have lost and stuff. If you have five teams in the top 16, you cannot, typically, you cannot have more than two teams in the same region. But if you have five, the software will tell you that, okay, well, you got Texas and Iowa State over here in the West. Right. So you have to accommodate for that. You have to make arrangements for that. You, you can have – it's an exception. Right. So Because it's more than four. Yeah. But if it's four or less, 
you just space them out, one in the west, one in the south, one east, one in the, et cetera. It, but it's, it's five and above, then you can, that's one way you can have somebody in the top 16 in the same region. Software is all, it, it's been upgraded. So, so basically, where before we would have to manually kick that out, or we would have to manually notice that, now it just basically won't let you put that on that line. Yeah, the software, yes. The software will flag it, change it, make it a different color. So all that stuff has been upgraded. So yes, I cannot even imagine how they did this stuff before software. Like, 15, we actually saw the room where they had the boxes and the files still in the paperwork, and I, I mean, still sitting there in the room. And, yeah. and, and, and pushing you, folders and dots yeah. and rubber bands, yeah. as we seen with the U, UIL in the places Man. of schools. And, <laughs> and, the, and the worst part about that is, you're in the process of putting that together, and you still you got screens all over the place, and now you got to go manually. And remember, and, then and, and, you had a lot more schools playing on Sunday, uh, even at yeah, the, uh, the uh, quote unquote uh, mid major and right. low level. Yeah, like SWAC was probably the last, the, the SWAC and MIAG were probably the last two conferences that were playing that, that Sunday. Well, historically, I know one case where people point out that, that, that most people believe it happened is when Southern ended up having the upset over Georgia Tech. That was actually a year that Jackson State uh, had major wins during the season. And also mm-hmm. had the big win over Mississippi State because they ended up going to the uh, NIT mm-hmm. and lost their close game. But that year, Jackson State had the team that won the regular season, and they were playing in the championship game, but the seeding stopped, and they actually got the number three seed because at that time there were only 32 teams in, I believe. Uh, and so they got a number three seed uh, because of the record, and everybody presumed that they'd win the tournament. Obviously, they lost to Southern, and there wasn't enough time to rearrange everything and put Southern up at a higher seed. So they essentially got the seed that Jackson State would have got with a different record. Southern slid in there, and you had what now people remember as a huge upset with Southern and Joe upsetting yeah. Georgia Tech. Name out of the past. Legend. So real quick, as I got to get ready to go to church. Yeah. But Rockets – Made uh, an interesting two deals on I, Thursday at the NBA I'm deadline. Trading uh, Donatus Motor Units and Marcus Thornton to uh, Mighty Detroit Pistons. Uh, the Pistons are trying to make a, a push for the playoffs. They should. They're going to get in. Uh, they'd be better. I think they'll get in. Uh, Staying in now. For protected, protected first round pick as top eight protected this year and top ten the next two years. Assuming the Pistons make playoffs this year, Rockets will get that first round pick. Mm-hmm. It's a question. It'll come down to. Rikers did it for a couple of reasons. One, cap room, luxury tax room more specifically to avoid paying that as well as shake things up, honestly. You know, they, they, they tried looking at uh, Dwight Howard and, and Daryl Morey, GM for the Rockets, said nothing really came close because he won a lot in return, which he should. Rightfully so. And the, the, the chemistry is a problem. Everybody can see it. Rikers, uh, before last night's win over Phoenix, where they were under five hundred. The problems come down to James Harden and Dwight Howard not being blue to uh, settle their egos, put them at the door, and just win basketball games on the floor. I really don't care what you do off the floor. Honestly, if, if we got the same jersey on, our job is win ball games. However, however, whatever we need to do to win those games, that's what we need to do. Yankees did it. So it's, it's not like the right. O- Oakland Athletics did it Yankees back in the day. had Jared Jeter as well. A bunch, of, bunch of teams have had issues off the field, yeah. off the floor, yeah. but – in between in the locker room and in between those lines, they got it done. I think one of the problems with that framework, though, is when you look at those other teams, there was still at least one leader on the court, and I think you have two individuals that suggest they're leaders, but they're not they're, leaders. They're not leaders yeah. in terms of being able to pull people together. 
They're very for one talented players. And, and said, let's go get this done. Yeah, right. Harden and Howard are talented. talented. They're, not, they're not great leaders. oftentimes confuse talent for leadership. Yeah, neither one of them are great leaders. Well put, Doc. And uh, not alpha males for sure. Beta males, maybe. So, <laughs> touche. So, Wildcat, just, just so you know, sir. I'm listening. As of this podcast, the Rockets are now uh, 28 and 28, I believe, sir. That's 500. That's 500, and they are the eighth seed in the Western Conference. Okay? Uh, Just so you know, they're a game I'm out of the seventh spot. And they're a game, they're a game out of the sixth spot. So what? Like Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Question. <laughs> what now? That's 29. Mavericks is 29, 27. Would, you, so yes. uh, would a team number one seed, obviously, that's going to be Golden State. No, so. no, not necessarily. Three games ahead of Spurs, so. Yeah, it'd be close. Yeah. But with that one, eight, Two seven matchup between Golden State or San Antonio, as you suggest. be a problem for the, for them. Is that one that would worry the Warriors? One of those teams? No, because of the potential was no. no, no, God, not even one game in that series no. would bother them. No, I, I, I'm I'm being Doc. I'm being honest. The Rockets match up well with the Spurs. I know where the way they look now. The I Rockets agree with you. Now, now, that's Duncan true. Has that's true. I'm talking about that, a team that, that, that essentially is, yeah. that is still the same team that went. To the semifinals. Tim Duncan, so one team, Rockets. Tim Duncan's not being in Western Conference playoffs. Is the Rockets? Yeah, he's been around since the age of Adam. You know, Adam and Eve. <laughs> <laughs> but, true, true. But and even that, his days. They may win. Rockets may win a game. Right. Lightning may strike Safe twice. Yeah. Maybe. But but I, it come reality. No, no. no. Trying to get not, the four. No. I, no. And I can see them winning a game, just because out of out of more so than you know what we ain't going down like this. I, I can see that happening. I can see that happening in, in a in a stretch and says we're gonna finish this out and get this done and get one win out of this. One win and it, 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 it just we just not gonna get swept. I would that now that would surprise me if if they got swept in 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 a playoff situation in the first round because that would tell me there's a lot more problems mentally. Than just with that team, than it should be, and it'll also. Oh, let me ask this question because this came up. More of a thirty game. This, this came up. No, this came up at the high school game. I'm just, I was. I was getting interested. Real quick, folks. real quick, yeah. Have they or are they in the process of of putting a search out for a certain kind of guys for a, a, a coach? Or are they just trying to go fit that in with whoever they've got, whatever they've got left to go in, in the next season as far as players? Well, some people have already told me they have their coach. I'm done. Now that's my drop to Mike. Oh, uh, not 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 JB, not Bickstaff. No, I'm, I heard yeah. what you. I okay. heard exactly what so, you yeah. said, and I'll leave it. I that. heard what you said. Now we'll talk about other podcasts. Talk about other future podcasts. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I, I, but, I, yeah, I can wait on that. Some folks already told me they have. And their somebody coach. told yeah. me that too. That's yeah. a nice somebody team. told me that. Yeah. Somebody told me that from the All Star break. Somebody told me that they yeah. that they made a decision. So thank you very much for your time. Yeah, that's tell, right. Tell people how they can find you, Wildcat. And you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, uh, at JL Woodley One, Jerry L. Woodley Jr., uh, TweetDeck, SoundCloud, YouTube, at AKSV, DCSR, The College Sports Report. Doc? Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D R K E N Y A T T A. C-A-V-I-L, again, that's D-R-K-E-N, 
Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, the social media platforms that you can catch me. I am a professor of sports studies at Texas Southern University. You can also catch me on the radio show, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Ryan McGinty, Charles Bishop, and Mike Washington. That's every Tuesday from 6 to 7 Central Standard Time. That's in the KCOH studio, www.kcohradio.com. You can also listen at KKBQ 92.2 HD2, uh, KCOH TV, uh, if you want to catch it live. And if you're not able to catch it live, you can catch it on podcasts, Tune on in SoundCloud, radio. Tune in Radio app, live at KCOH Radio, yeah. you can get it. But you can get it on SoundCloud as a podcast at Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. If you just go to the search engine and type in Dr. Cavill's Inside, it will come up, and you can get any of the previous shows. And there's a header that kind of tells you and highlights what the shows are about. There's some big-time shows on there. We had interviews with the commissioner, previous players of HBCU Lord, both at the collegiate level and professional level. So do a little search. If you want to go back and listen to some of all podcasts, I welcome you to it. I think you'll find some very interesting interviews and subjects that we talk about and broach uh, during the year. But definitely catch us live if you can. And on the latest report right now, we're hot and heavy into men's and women's basketball. Give you some updates on baseball as well. And I am KG of the Houston Round Bar Review, HoustonRoundBarReview.com, Houston Round Bar Review on Instagram, and uh, Houston Round Bar Review on YouTube, and uh, Twitter, T-H-E-H-R Review. Catch us, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, find us on Facebook, KG. Facebook Wildcat and Doc Facebook page, LinkedIn links as well, and uh, T-shirts as well. And I think Wildcat can give more information. I'm finally going to, at some point, put a link on my website, HoustonRoundBarView.com, where you can pay for it via PayPal. Um, I have a few shirts left. Thank you to those who have purchased shirts from me directly. So you can also get that from the other my other two colleagues. They're nice shirts. Well done, and they are in what colors? Uh, right now, the the first the, I, I, colors of the Texas state flag: flag red, yeah. white, and blue. We're all white with the color of the flag insignia outside of it, and our names in the middle with. Uh, and yes, this is just the first batch, folks. There will on the next batch we are expanding out different colors, uh, but it'll be a, right now. It's basic white. Uh, it'll be. The other two that we've discussed has been basic black and the wash gray. Thank you very much. Well done. Gentlemen, thank you, as always, for your time, your insight, and your opinions. This was fun. Glad to uh, spend time with my brothers again on the podcast. Look forward to doing it again. You yes, know, sir? By the way, we need to make some kind of arrangements to do uh, one of our podcasts during the Final Four on Radio Row. Or at least that's during. I don't know. I mean, that's during daytime and stuff. I don't know if I can do all that. So, well, something to look into. Let's put it like that. Something yeah. to look into. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we can look into that. We can. So, uh, sounds good. We'll, yep. No we promises. We'll, see, we'll, we'll look into that. So, we yeah. Can definitely do one to kind of get some practice in. Yeah. Maybe doing the sweat term. So, yeah. True. Good now, job. That, that, well, that, well put. That, definitely. That, that could be an evening situation. Yeah. Well done. So, we've got things to work on for your listeners. So, look forward to that. That sounds good. I'm hyped now. All right. <laughs> Thank you as always. Thank you as always for your time. Thank you, listeners, for your tweets and your opinions and your concern about us from being away for, from you for a while. So we're back. 
Gonna wrap it up as I always do. In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more.